When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Yeah, dude. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out a movie. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era in streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, but there was something truly special about making that trip, picking a movie out by hand, watching it, and then telling someone, I have to return some videotapes. Of course. Mm. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm Pearson Pierce President Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, the Vice Presidents of Mergers and Acquisitions, Sean Pryor and AJ Van. How the heck are you? The only company where you can have 18 Vice Presidents? Yeah. I don't think there's a rule against it. I don't even know. You guys are Vice Presidents of Confused Breakfast. Yeah. What do you mean, you dumb bastard? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You dumb bastard. You dumb bastard. <laughs> CEOs. CEOs. CEOs right here. V- I never v- thought I would be that. VP. Yeah. Well, boys, on this episode, we discuss a movie that had people all over the world talking about Huey Lewis in the news, mm. the Fisher account, and business cards. <laughs> Probably some sort of a like boom in business car sales, I was bet, after this movie I came out. I would hope so. <laughs> a movie nearly impossible to classify. Is it a drama, a thriller, a horror film, or a comedy? Who cares? Mm. A movie based on a highly popular book which helped launch the career of Christian Bale. A movie that has a sequel that no one saw or liked that tried to unlaunch Mila Kunis's career. <laughs> <laughs> We're, of course, talking about 2000's American Psycho. It's Wednesday morning. It's early. Way too early for you. You're probably sitting in traffic, like me. Bummer. Why not have your coffee and bacon with the confused breakfast boys? Good morning, boys. Morning. Good morning, everybody. And if you are new to the podcast, we will be reviewing this movie with a modern eye. But in order to properly do that, we must discuss it with nostalgia so we can strip it away. AJ, let's start with you. Tell us the first time you saw this movie and what your nostalgic rating is. That's all I freaking know from this movie, really. <laughs> That's all. I, just how what's did, he doing? How did they get away with putting that in a TBS commercial? <laughs> just that part. Wait, really? Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. When did this movie ever play on television? I I know that it had. I never saw it on television. It, it, it was there was like Turner Classic Movies or something or FX. Un, uncut and uncensored or something. <laughs> You're going to see this. But they are going to cut out that scene except for just the 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 cropped shot of him just flexing. <laughs> like that. <laughs> flexing and thrusting. I don't know, man. I that's that's like what I remember and I remember seeing uh, bits and pieces of this. I will say I have seen this before. I can say it that. Okay. That being said, I don't remember a lot of it because a lot of it was too much for me as a kid. 
And I remember thinking I didn't understand, like, well, why doesn't he just take back his videotapes? <laughs> we never see him do it. We that. never see him do it. We so, don't know he even rents videotapes. No, I, I didn't see him do that. <laughs> he doesn't have time to go to Blockbuster. <laughs> if that's the way he treats the laundry people, how is he going to treat their <laughs> videotape <laughs> Quentin people? Tarantino. Uh, uh, <laughs> Man, maybe yeah. this movie. Oh, maybe uh, Patrick Bateman went to a movie store that Quentin Tarantino worked at and treated him so poorly that Quentin Tarantino developed just all of his mean streak in his movies to just, yeah. to just be like, fuck those guys. He's taking all of it, all, out all of his violence yes. on yuppie scum. Cool. <laughs> Love that. All right, uh, that's it for the podcast, everybody. Sounds good. Uh, uh, but I would say, honestly, I didn't get the movie. I didn't understand it. So I'm going to have to give this movie a nostalgic 3.5. Dang. Sean, yeah. what about you, man? Uh, yeah, just like um, any of the of the other like auteur filmmakers, um, I was just kind of consuming whatever I could of those types of movies, and uh, this was related to horror, and so I had to see it. And um, there's chainsaws in it. I I got to see it. Yeah, I just I rented this from Hollywood Video and checked it out. And uh, at the time, I'd probably say because I was so into movies and the the blur of horror drama, whatever the hell you want to classify this as, um, I was into it. So uh, I'm gonna say nine. 9.2. 9.2 for Sean. For me, picture me. I am, uh, it's two, the year 2000. I have graduated high school. I've moved on to college. Mm. I'm living in the dorms. Boondock Saints is about to be my favorite movie in the world. <laughs> you don't even know yet. I don't even know yet. I haven't even seen Boondock Saints yet. But Fight Club came out in 99. And yeah. Fight Club is the movie that I wanted to dive in and just be like, oh, my God, did you know maybe he's not even real? And, like, what's going on? And, like, every time you watch it, you learn something new. They don't even say his name. Yeah. <laughs> so then, then American Psycho comes out and people are talking about it the same way. And I'm like, nah. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it. It's not that good. No big deal. Back to Fight Club for the twentieth time. Yeah. So this, I watched this like <laughs> once or twice, and was like, "That's dumb. I don't even care. Who cares?" Yeah. So I, I, I am, I am a Boondock Saints Fight Club fan, which means I am not an American Psycho fan, <laughs> which is a, just a five, just a very barely average five for me. Executive producer Josh Miller, who chose this one directly, All right. says, "Boy, American Psycho. Do I really remember if I even like this movie? I certainly remember the movie. I have distinctive memories of the plot." Funny, shocking, disturbing, and crazy scenes, even the scenes that left you questioning, is this real? But all that said, I can't say for certain if I like it, love it, or dislike it. I was in my early 20s when this came out, and I feel as a dude, this was a movie you were supposed to like. I probably haven't sat down and watched it in years. I know there was a sequel that was bad, like Lost Boys sequel bad. Sorry, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) In all seriousness, seriousness, Lost Boys was at least a good to me at one point movie. I believe this is the first Bale movie that I remember seeing him in since Empire of the Sun, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Absolutely. But staying on track, I have to say that everything I remember about this movie, besides Bale's abs, I mean, he does a thousand sit-ups a day in this. Mm. It's crazy. His love of Huey Lewis in the news, I agree, sports is their best album. His ability to (laughs) drop a chainsaw and trying to feed a cat to an ATM, and the meme with scene as he takes the axe to Paul Allen. It seems like it was right down my alley as a 23-year-old, so to be honest, I feel like my nostalgia score is going to be not as high as I feel it should be like my nostalgia is carrying too much weight so i'll give it a 7.9 that Mm. is a 6.4 for us nostalgically which you know we don't put too much too much emphasis but a 6.4 that's getting a little low that is slightly below point break slightly above cocktail is how we nostalgically felt about this movie dang dang right cocktail 
That'll come up later. <sighs> well, we're going to strip away all that nostalgia. It starts with Sean. He does all the pertinent, important detail research of this movie. Sean, what do you got, man? All right, guys. Produced by Christian Solomon, Chris Hanley, and Edward Pressman. Written by Mary Herring and Genevieve, Genevieve Guinevere Turner. Based on the novel by uh-huh. Brett Easton Ellis. Cinematography by Andre Sikola. Uh, also did uh, the cinematography for Reservoir Dogs. Oh um, music by John Cale. Edited by Andrew Marcus. Directed by Mary Herring. Cast, Christian Bale, William Defoe, Justin Thoreau, Josh Lucas, Reese Witherspoon, Chloe Sevigny, Kara Seymour, Bill Sage, Genevieve Turner, and Jared Leto. Originally, the novel American Psycho was considered unfilmable until Johnny Depp was interested in the project, of course. Oh, yeah. Author Brett Easton Ellis had adapted his own screenplay, and director Stuart, Stuart Gordon was attached at one point, but Ellis found the director unsuitable. Stuart Gordon also did like a lot of horror movies like Reanimator and stuff like that. David Cronenberg was then attached to direct along with Brad Pitt to star in the film, but Ellis was not happy with the direction Cronenberg was taking the project. Uh, he wanted to take out like nightclub scenes and like all the dinner scenes as well. And he like added a musical ending that like okay. ended on like the World Trade Center or something like that. It was, <laughs> I mean, that seems weird to me, but David Cronenberg, hey. Ah. That's pretty cool. Mary Heron would finally come on board along with writing partner Genevieve Guinevere Turner. I'll get that right. One day. Producer Pressman <laughs> was impressed with the with the gumption that Heron wanted to write her own script focusing on a more female perspective of the repressed male. The writing duo found influence in the Mario Bava film Hatchet for the Honeymoon, in which the main character was also killing people for self-discovery. Mario Bava is a great Italian filmmaker uh, for horror movies. Just... Just goes to see. Mary Herring was interested in Christian Bale playing the role, but Bale was a relatively unknown actor at the time, so the studio wanted Edward Norton or Leonardo DiCaprio for the role. Even going so far as to announce that DiCaprio was cast in the role. Because of this, Mary Herring quit the project because she thought that Leo was too boyish for the role. She like was she wouldn't do the movie if it, if it wasn't Christian Bale, which is pretty cool. I love a director just taking a stance and be like, I'm not doing it. It's gotta be this guy. Yeah. Oliver Stone was hired to direct, but there were major creative differences between star and director, so Heron was brought back on board, seeing actors like Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Vince Vaughn, and Edward Norton to fill the role. Ewan McGregor was close to the role, but Bale urged him to decline personally. Bale was finally cast with a salary of only $50,000. Heron knew Bale was right for the role when he described the character as an alien who landed in the unabashedly capitalist New York of the 1980s. <laughs> okay. He declined role after role after role while this was in just like development hell. Crossing his fingers. Yeah, he just he declined every role. I He's need like, to be free this, when this phone call comes. This in. is going like, and during that time, he was preparing for the role the whole time. So any like actor that he like knew, like Ewan McGregor, he's like, dude, can I have to do this role? Can like you just kind of back out for me, please? <laughs> Pretty much, and I, wow. I love that too. Um, filming began. Psycho. Yeah, American. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> filming, filming began on February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine, and lasted for seven weeks. The film shot some in New York, but mostly in t- Toronto, Canada. Uh, on a budget of seven million, the film was released in April of two thousand and earned thirty four point three million at the box office and garnered a sequel that you should not watch. <laughs> zero zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes with eight reviews. That means eight critics actually watched 0%. it. Zero percent? Eight critics watched it and all of them said, this is pure trash. I remember seeing the cover in video stores and, and things like that and I was just like, it creeped me out just because like the girl had like a sickle or a yeah. scythe. And, like, but I've never goodness. seen it. I've never seen it. But, okay, never mind. 
Does Mila Kunis? Uh, never mind. I'm not going to go that far. So <laughs> we'll, we'll do that later. That'll be like our 10th season or something. We'll do American Psycho 2. We'll we so ran, we finally down. ran out of movies. <laughs> yeah. We're just focusing on like an entire season of bad sequels at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kindergarten Cop 2. Uh, American Psycho 2. Uh, Lost Boys <laughs> Two, two, three, four, five, six. We're already on three for that. Yeah. <laughs> Boondock Saints, too. Oh, <laughs> never, dude. Please. Well, we know you have at least one friend who loves this movie just as much as you do. There's a little share. You're listening on your phone right now. There's a little share icon. You're on YouTube. There's a button that says share. It copies it to your clipboard. Just take it. Share it to a friend. Directly send it to them. That is one of the best ways you can support this podcast. You can also go to confusedbreakfast.com. Tons of merch there. We now have our new website. You can look at all of our ratings to decide what... You know, who was wrong about what is Mike sucks at that. You know, you can do that all at confusedbreakfast.com. And yeah. if you're caught up on all the episodes, you're looking for more. Our YouTube channel has videos. Our Patreon has 80 hours of bonus audio episodes. You can vote on upcoming movies. We got a private Discord channel. It's a lot of fun back there. Um, check it out. Patreon.com slash Confused Breakfast. And up next, we have AJ, who did the research, tells us some of the ratings, reviews, critical, fan-related. What do you got, man? I guess I guess we got some things. Um, but very fitting, we're going to go with the Tomato, tomato Meter! Gross! Give me that tomato meter. Uh, just as 68%. Yeah. It's not a splat. It's not certified fresh. It's just, uh, this is what it is. It might even it's be a worse. tomato. That's middle of all the movies we've done that is just like dead center of the pact at 68%. That is slightly worse than Wedding Singer, slightly better than Point Break per the critics. Better than Point Break? Slightly better mm. than Point Break. Wow. Okay, fine. Audiences uh, enjoyed it more at 85%, but IMDb is coming in at a 7.6. That's hot. That's a substantial rating, I think, yeah. on IMDb. That Of all the movies we've done, that ties with Dazed and Confused and Lethal Weapon. Wow. That's how the audience feels about 6. that. Seven point six. Really? Yeah. I guess people they, like IMDb had more traffic back in two thousand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it did. That's when it had the message boards. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Stephen Holden over at the New York Times gave it a hundred. He he called it a lean and mean horror comedy classic. Uh, Rolling Stone, Peter Travers, ninety, an uneven movie that nonetheless bristles with stinging wit and excerpts of and exerts a perverse fascination. Uh, and then. Lisa Alspector at Reader, 80. The slick satire cleverly equates materialism, narcissism, misogyny, and classism with homicide. But you may laugh so loud at the protagonist that you won't be able to hear yourself laughing with him. Hmm. Uh, there I was like a... There, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was also a 12. I wanted to just get a nice little uh, low rating in there. Uh, Wait, 12? 12, 12, out 12, out, 12 out of 10. Is that good? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 12 out of 100. Um, Why not just say two, 10 or, or 15? <laughs> it's slightly better than that. Well, well. This guy is doing the same thing I'm doing exactly. with my ratings. Point He's like, well, five, I already gave seven, this 11, eight. so I got to give it 12. You gave it 12%. I don't know. What, what do you guys want? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the San Francisco Examiner, Wesley Morris, said most of American Psycho just sits there looking at trouble <laughs> rather than looking for it, complacent, overjoyed, in fact, to exist at all. He's a therapist as well. Mm. I think so. Um, cool story, nerd. <laughs> cool story, nerd. Somebody felt that this movie title changed my life. With an exclamation point. 10 out of 10. I hope in a good way. <laughs> Patrick K. Bateman 
actually wrote on February 14th of 2022 oh, no. uh, that this film has changed my perspective on life itself. It's a truly a masterpiece. Patrick Bateman himself is one of the most relatable characters in cinema. He is literally me. Uh, the literally me <laughs> things. There's like a lot of videos of like is that liter- what it is? literally me. Like uh, I, John Wick, literally me. Yeah, <laughs> like Tyler Durden is literally me. It's literally me. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly how I think and feel. I'm not Tyler Durden. I'm the other guy that you don't know his name. Yeah, yeah. That's, he's literally me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the last one I have for you guys. This is a one out of ten, and it's, uh, <laughs> they just called it incel movie. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yep. It's really trendy to use that word. I'm going to use it. In 2022, it certainly is. Uh, um, uh, this is literally an incel movie that glorifies violence against women. No wonder MGTOW type people love this movie, as this movie promotes inceldom and violence against women. My queens, stay strong together. I'm a gay man, but I am an ally of feminism, and I support your struggle. Go queens. All right. That generally feels like uh, someone who actually hasn't watched the movie. Yeah, to just heard. I think so. A lot. A lot of times you get that where like someone told me that that's what happens in the movie, so I'm going to say that that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. It, it's. It, I mean, it's directed by a woman. Oh. So okay, okay. I think it. Like, we'll get to it, but it's <laughs> completely uh, against this. It's. It's yeah. satirizing this entire thing. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. I suggest watching the movie. Yes. Then going back and deciding if your review is correct. Yes. That's an important part. There's too many people in the world who say, I stopped this five minutes into it. I just couldn't watch anymore. Two out of ten review. I just couldn't even stand it. This movie it. is literally not watchable, but it is because it's a movie and you can watch it. It's literally a movie. You can put your eyes on it and watch it, so it's watchable. It lasts like up to hour and 48 minutes. It, it'll go. In fact, the watchability is actually incredible because... <laughs> You could you could turn up the volume. You could yeah, you know. There's so many things you, you could, could do. just turn down the volume and put on the subtitles. Then you're really watching. Wow, yeah. <laughs> the subtitles are better. Well, before we dive deep into American Psycho with a modern eye, it's time for a real quick shout out to our sponsor, Felix Gray. This podcast will always be free for you to watch on YouTube or listen to on your podcast platform. But keep in mind that with us spending about, I'd say, 10 hours minimum a week per person, this podcast has developed into quite the undertaking for us. So in order to keep it free and high quality, we need sponsors. It has to happen. And then we need you to take those sponsors and go support them. So Felix Gray Glasses, they've been with us for nearly a full year now, if you can believe that or not. Not only are they great people and an awesome company, but they make an incredible product. They make blue light filtering glasses that filter out all the harmful blue light that hits our eyeballs constantly all day long. There are plenty of studies out there that talk about the negative effects of blue light on our bodies. So one option is to stop the consumption of blue light. That means get rid of all TVs, computers, cell phones. Okay. 
Yeah, so okay, I'm, I'm, Great. they're good. Option one sounds good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're, a, you're a psychopath if you think you can actually do option one. So option number two is wear a pair of Felix Grey glasses to protect you from ah. the blue light. Yeah. You got to have your consumption, so let's just use protection. It's like having sex, but like wearing a condom. Like, you know, I have to keep having sex. I have to. I have to. I have to keep seeing without going blind. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> These glasses are stylish, affordable, and they look like normal eyewear. People wouldn't even know you're wearing special filtering glasses, unlike all the $10 pairs you can pick up at a gas station. Um, <laughs> they even do sunglasses. They do contacts now. Uh, so put your money into something that not only supports this podcast, but also protects your health. Mm. Non-prescription and prescription available. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash confused. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash confused. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. Do it. See the future. Don't be a nerd. Look for the bird. Uh, all right, listener. I'm going to need you to get out of the tub and dry off. Choose a robe, not the Bijan. And come and meet me, Sean, and AJ. With this, huh? Come and meet me, Sean, and AJ in the living room for drinks. Please. After that, I have a table at Doria where we can drink, do drugs, and talk about our love for music. On our way home, I'll probably kill you. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. I always suspected that. Uh. <laughs> In 1987, Patrick Bateman, a young and wealthy New York City investment banker, goes out with his friends. The next morning, we see his apartment and morning routine before he heads to work. That evening, he goes out to eat with his fiance and friends to a popular restaurant. Later, Bateman has an encounter with a woman on the streets. The next morning, he argues with the dry cleaner. Patrick and Courtney, who he's having an affair with, go out to eat. The following day at a business meeting, Bateman and his associates flaunt their business cards. I forgot how brilliant the opening credits were. Yeah. While watching this, it looks like obviously blood dripping down to the, the music too. The music is so brilliant and then seamlessly transitions into like that being like a a vinaigrette or something on like some steak or is that blood? Oh no. It's like, it's, like on the plate so cool. or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's so brilliant and then like um it encapsulates or like it gets you right away into what this world is going to be of these yuppies who will go to these fancy restaurants in New York and and all the waiters are talking the exact same way you know it's it's mm. so it's so good I, I'm trying to think of the way the best way to say this this is like what so many people like think about like Iowa right we're in Iowa and then you've got all the people that we think of in in New York yeah that are like yuppies fancy and yuppies and like they're in their business suits and they go to fancy restaurants and stuff and uh, and that's what it is I love how it kind of like just pulls that veil away and it's like yeah everything is exactly the same we're making this sound really fancy and really cool and really neat and it's just like but then at the same time it's like what do you people even do (laughs) what do people even do to justify being in this place yeah and everyone's throwing down their like platinum card or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you know like that kind of stuff it drives that is the stuff that drives me nuts and like uh, I always go into a situation thinking like I don't want to look like some sort of imposter. <laughs> I don't want to look like but an there imposter. You you have to be an but imposter. That is 
everyone is an imposter in that room. If you inserted this, a normal Midwestern cool guy yeah. that likes craft beers and wears flannels and just ins- <laughs> <laughs> and you just dropped him into that, they'd be they'd be looking at you like a freaking alien, dude. They'd be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you you like your wife? <laughs> You had a kid on purpose. It's like it's like oh man, yeah. It's been a lot of fun just you know getting to hang out with my wife and just like as I'm, as I'm drinking this like a craft beer. Ooh, have you tried? Have you heard about my uh, Have you heard about their hazies aren't oh, cool now? Anymore? Oh my goodness, like, yeah. Like you know, hazies aren't even that that cool. Yeah. I want to. I want a West Coast, but I don't want to go to the West Coast. I just want a West Coast IPA here. I want them to super dry hop the hops. Yeah, my wife and I. I've, you know, it's fun hanging out with my wife, and uh, we just had a kid, and that's cool. It's like, is it? Are you sure your life's not destroyed? So are you buying... Like, no, it's not. Are you buying the $500 bottle of wine or no? Oh, oh. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. I'm not actually buying it. I'm putting it on this platinum card. Yes. See? Yes. Dude, <laughs> Free money, bro. Everything those waiters are saying are absolute fucking gibberish to me. I'm like, when I go to a fancy restaurant, we've been to a fancy restaurant us three <laughs> Together. before, and I'm just like, tell me what the meat is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the cut is. I don't... Like a venti. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Just tell. Just give I'll me take a venti sirloin. Just give me like three <laughs> options on a menu that say steak, dinner, burger, and then a side. Hot dog. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I can't do this. Uh, show when we were in L.A., yeah. me and AJ are, are like, "Ooh, have you tried the creme brulee? Ooh, have you tried the snail? Ooh, the escargot." Sean's like, "You guys want some of my ham sandwich?" <laughs> they got, the bread is very crusty. You got a duck. He got you got a burger, which you know I, I had to. If I see the word burger, I know what you're it's talking the world's about. Most famous burger I had to get. Yeah, yeah. I got the ham sandwich. <laughs> but it was it was a wonderful ham sandwich. It was really good. But it was also called something uh, besides ham sandwich. And the fries. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Whatever sprinkle dust they put on there. Oh yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It was it was it was uh, tink dust is what it was. <laughs> Fairy dust. Yes. We got to talk. Let's just let's just break it down. Let's get it all out of the way. Let's talk about the soundtrack of this movie. Mm. The. It, it hits me right away. I forgot that when they walk in that club, you got New Order, True Faith Fuck playing. Yeah, dude. I want to go to a club that just plays like New Order, <laughs> 80s New Wave. Yeah. I think it's the new thing. I want to as well. I want to go there. I know and you probably watched this in the 2000s. You're like, ugh, where's Nelly? Yeah. You know, but like now we're looking back on New Order. Where's Nelly? <laughs> I still want I still want 2001 Nelly. Okay. Where's Where's Country Grammar? But the the, the song sing, song, dog. Yeah. Isn't it the single biggest cost of this film was purchasing the rights to these songs? Yes, sir. But it's so important because as you go through this whole movie from New Order through the end, it is all perfect and needs to be that music needs to be there. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect capsule of the late 80s yeah. in what people were listening to and I love it. I love yeah. this soundtrack. We'll get to it later too, but like Patrick Bateman's knowledge is just unreal mm. with the with this kind of music and I lo- like those scenes I love just because of the knowledge, yeah. you know? But yeah, I you're totally right. It is this movie's background. Yeah. You know, it is what these yuppies uh, will be referring to them probably throughout this entire show uh, listened to during the time and it juxtaposed from their mundane them being how they are and yuppies and and getting the reservation to Dorcia 
opposed to the club life that they lead. You know, it's, it's two different sides to these people. And we'll, this will be the theme throughout the entire thing, I think. Uh, but we'll get to more of that. It's like this idea that you just get to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like at any time, whenever you want to do it. And uh, uh, the music, the music for me is, is such a big thing. They talked about a lot of music because it's from the book. Mm-hmm. The, like the the book itself and the the book is is way more like graphic i guess but the 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 they take a lot of things from the book and i think even the musical references of yep. how he's talking and supposedly about in the book like when he rambles on about uh, something it's yeah. like pages and pages and pages of the huey talking about huey lewis yeah well it's long in this movie but in the book it's just like endless knowledge of huey lewis wow does anybody read the book I, not, I no. haven't either. It, no. The watching this now again though makes me want to. Me too. I've, I've I, read the subtitles. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, I think I mean, honestly, it's kind of part of the book, I guess, because it, uh, Mary Heron uh, and Genevieve Gene- Turner, Guinevere. Um, Guinevere. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of, think of Death Cab for Cutie. I can't. No, I don't know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they they took like a lot of uh, the conversations that these t- these people have together word for word from the book. Yep, and it's a it's uh, a great ad- adaptation, is what I hear. So mm. so did did is this we're going to talk about this through the movie? Is this our first sign that possibly we cannot trust him as a narrator when he's in the club and he says I'm gonna like he talks back to the bartender and says I'm gonna kill you, yeah. and, and she doesn't hear him. Mm-hmm. So is this? I don't think there's a right answer. Is this her just not being able to hear him over the music? Or is this him thinking he's saying that, but he's not actually saying that? Because she has no reaction. If someone said that to me, there'd be a reaction. Yeah. She has nothing. She has no reaction to this. It's it's a fascinating thing throughout the entire movie to think about. And like specifically this woman in this club, I hope she just didn't hear him. And I hope that she just, you know, she's not just used to that kind of oh, talk God. to her. Don't even go down that you know? road. Come on. It sucks. But it like, might, you, it might be. It You're might very, be. Yeah. Because oh, these are a bunch of fucking assholes in here, you know. Absolutely. Including Patrick Bateman. Yeah, these these drink tickets don't work anymore. Like it's it's a cash bar only, like that kind of a She's thing. She's had a long night. It looks like. Yeah, and and you're right. It plays to that of the. It's it is it's a dark satire. Yeah. Right. The whole movie is a dark satire. Yeah. And I like think to remind you, yourself of that, I think is very important throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I think that's the genre that it's in. Yeah. If you wanted to c- categorize it in any film, like film or uh, horror, thriller, whatever drama, yeah. I think it's just satire. Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just I was gonna say it's it, that's that's what I take away from it, and I, I always have to remind myself. I'm sure we're gonna keep talking about it as far as what's reality and what's not. I just think that he my take for for that moment is like uh it's in his head and stuff yeah. and so um I, I like that he it's it's just a fun moment though when patrick bateman gets put in his place you know yeah when he normally sure. does not in this movie when, when and he what are you talking it. about uh the the bar him. scene oh, okay when he's oh like, yeah, yeah drink right. tickets, they don't work anymore. they don't work anymore like it's a cash bar only <laughs> and it, and like it's every time he gets put in his place that's when he wants to kill mm-hmm. you know and I, I don't know, it's, uh, that's when he gets upset or something, yeah. or that's usually when it happens. Because he has this hierarchy complex to him where he's like, it should be, mm-hmm. it should be like Dorcia every right. time, wherever he goes. Right. You know, and we'll see this happen at the laundromat, too, later on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, the, so the morning routine, and we get some uh, exposition, or I guess uh, his inner monologue. Uh, from him, I love this scene so much. Did anyone write the routine down by chance? I've been. I thinking, have some of I've it. I've been thinking about. 
you know, getting a little older. <laughs> I, well, uh, I will tell you guys. I, I, t- I, t- I will tell you. I, uh, it's okay. So, so what I like to do. Here's the thing. I like to, I like to apply a, a skin toner, an anti-aging skin toner <laughs> to my face. <laughs> so I, I, I actually got this like kind of kit thing after watching this <laughs> for the first, this time around, right? Ooh, there we go. I would love I already his have it. skincare <laughs> routine. Do you want it? You can't have the whole routine. <laughs> no, I want his whole routine. <laughs> That's the prop. Um, no, and so I, I actually, I, uh, I had tried it today of this like skincare routine. Right of like, how do I look, guys? Glowing. Looks, looks like you haven't slept in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got the routine. <laughs> uh, and like, I, 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 here's the thing: is I, I thought it was a cool thing. I thought it, like there was this little part of me, like I was as I'm watching this, I was like, maybe that's what people do, and it kind of helps them out throughout their day, and kind of sets the pace and the tone and all this good stuff. And I was like, and I, I literally tried it today, and. Most of the time was just actually spent just reading. (laughs) Wait, how much? Wait, what's the directions? Right away when you get up or when you get out of the shower? What's the directions on here? Hang on, hang on. Wait, which (laughs) one? Well, there's the charcoal skin. Which one goes first? There's a toner, but then there's also a a scrub. Well, which one? Do I scrub first and then clean, or do I clean and then scrub? And then there's an anti-aging serum. A serum. Do I, do I drink that? <laughs> like, you know, it's got a ball on it. I can't drink that. It's like, it's just like, it's so you're you're sitting here, and the the amount of time it probably just took him to get used to this routine. Yeah, yeah, is well, insane. He's like, in the shower, I use a water activated gel cleanser, then <laughs> then a honey almond body scrub, yeah. then I apply an herb mint facial mask. I get up at two forty five in the morning to do all this before arriving to work at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Good God, like that's got to take forever. Well, he's, he's working out too. Like this this fucker is so ripped. There are two people. Yeah. There are two people <laughs> when I entered college and I, I gained my fifty pounds in college, like everyone does the oh. freshman year that I was like I gotta work out more it was Brad Pitt and Fight Club and it was <laughs> Christian Bale in this like just going I could do that yeah I just need to run <laughs> around the block a couple times a yeah. week no you and he did he did this he did the skincare routine he yeah. did yeah. the workout I mean he became this character uh, he he was this character and like even before this his uh Manchester thick accent was Real thick. You see him in Empire of the Sun, and it's or just talk in real life. Honestly, it, it's very, very thick. And so it took him a while to shake that. And so on set, he was he he uh, had the American accent. He kind of lived this character. He uh, excluded himself from uh, uh, socializing with any yep. of the crew or yep. anything. Like he was this character. Did you hear though that after at the rap party he began to speak in his native uh, English accent, right? And the crew <laughs> thought that he was preparing for another role where he needed to develop an English. Accent. They didn't realize he's they actually like Welsh or they or didn't English or whatever. Welsh, yeah, right. Yeah. They they had no clue. They're like, oh, weird, cool, cool accent. He's like, no, that's how I talk. <laughs> there were a few times though where I felt. I was like, eh, that's a weird accent. You know, like, he's gotten better at it as he's gone on mm-hmm. over the years. A couple times I felt like he slipped up a little in this movie, just to where he sounded weird to mm-hmm. me. But I, I think it's like when he gets bad. really intense, yeah. you know, maybe. Like, may, maybe that's what it is. Just um, had to kill a lot of people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Uh-oh. here's a prop. Before we move on, I, I'm going to pick an individual aspect of the skincare routine. I want the, I want the ice eye mask. Wow, ice. that seems like something I oh, would like. The puffy, so the puffy eye. My, my face is a little puffy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I want that. I think I want to try doing that. 
Well, you can just go get one. No, I want that one. What? <laughs> <laughs> I want Bateman's. I want Bateman's because it'll make me that rich. I want the one that he keeps next to the severed head. That's yes. what I want. <laughs> it smells like rotting dead body and menthol. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got any props? Are you thinking Are on you this fucking movie? bet? I do. I have one. You can't have the chainsaw. I want the Walkman. You can have the chainsaw. I got the Walkman. Okay. Well, okay, I, perfect. I want the axe. Oh, that's like a, a nice axe. The silver tipped axe. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Pre murder or post murder? Good question. Jared Leto. You wanted, yeah, to, I want you wanted that, to destroy something beautiful. I want that blood on there, yeah. All right. I'm going to put you guys on the spot for this one, but it's a bonus prop. Whose card do you want? Okay. Whose card are you taking? Are we in? We're in on the cards. I don't know. I th- he, but th- Okay, I'm going to let you guys answer first because okay. I've got a rebuttal to that. Okay. You have a rebuttal for it. I have a rebuttal to this. I'm, I think I'm going... I like the gold that um, Carrie carries... The bow tie wearing, yep, uh, redhead dude. I don't know his name. I like his raised gold lettering. That's pretty cool. Whichever one guy said, uh, I think it's. Uh, let me see. I think it. I think it is Craig, or no, it might be David. I think it's David Van Patten, and he's like, "You see that? That's bone." <laughs> <laughs> The tone of the card or the color of the card is like, that's bone. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I think I want David Van Patten's. Okay. I, here, this, this is a, this is a. If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Simultaneous. This is going to be a hard way to come around here because I don't, they, they are, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that every one of those males is is the punchable face? Yes, because I love it. these guys are all the exact same person. Yep, yeah. which is why I can't differentiate between their business cards. And they can't either. And they can't either. They <laughs> think they can. They don't remember anyone's name in this movie. No. We don't even know. We just sat here going, "Oh, the guy with the uh, what's his name? What's I, his thing?" Like yeah. we we don't even know their names in this movie on purpose because they are all the same person. They are all slicked backed hair piece of shits from I think you should leave. Like you think this is slicked back? Yeah. You know, like they are the piece of shits that yes. they're referring to in that scene, and they are all the same. They are all the punchable face. I agree. And with I don't you. give a fuck about their business card. Pierce and Pierce can burn. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to punch every single one of them and just give them a reality check of like I, I want to give them a I want to give them a bush light and be like drink this yeah and <laughs> then I want to see them try to order something else in like one of our like my small town Swisher yes. bar <laughs> yeah. that's what I want I want to try go to a place like the Black Squirrel <laughs> and order some fried ass food yeah I want to see them try you know and the other the other end of it too. Is you know that even the ones who do know each other, like his little group of friends, you know that every single time one of them is not at that table, they're all talking yes. shit about each other. They're all good. <laughs> you know for a fact. It's not a question. It's just like, oh yeah, pa- Paul's not here or David's not here. Yeah, he's off doing something with his uh, <laughs> other thing. <laughs> he's off blowing some yeah. dude. <laughs> he's probably, you know, I guess he's been getting a little bit of a raz from because he can't hold down his own accounts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the kind of shit that I think of too. Uh, yeah, they are like even even when you uh, differentiate with their group, like Josh Lucas and and Justin Thoreau, they're mm. all in there. Don't know their names. No. Um, I, but they're not even differentiated from each other in this movie. Like yeah. they don't, they're just all putting on an act, yep. and which is 
trying to fit in, like he says in the limo. Yes, which is apt in this scene where he's taking off his his mask. It's like that. I'm simply not there. Neither of anybody else in this movie. It's it, all a facade. We'll, we'll keep building this kind of uh, yeah. uh, narrative as we go, but this is what the movie's about. So I, I didn't do any research in this. Uh, like I like I like to watch it once, then do my research, then watch it again. Um, so I'm looking at these business cards, going, they spelled acquisitions wrong. Yes. Like I, I'm yeah. an English major. I, I I know you don't notice it in my texts and my emails because I just want to get them done as fast as I can. But yeah. I've got a pretty good knack for spell. I won a spelling bee in eighth grade. No big deal. And I'm still, sitting here still going, has his reward. I'm surprised it's not here. Actually, <laughs> no, I'm going. These business cards are misspelled. Maybe this is a ploy to finally make it to someone's business card that is spelled right. And then we're like, oh, that's the real guy. These other uh. guys. Are. But never once they show what five business cards. They're all spelled wrong. I've then read up on it. Some people say that this was a choice, like that that they did this on purpose. I think somebody fucked up. Yeah, you think I, I think I think someone didn't proofread, and that just ended up being on the cards. You think so? That's because that's hard. You don't think acquisitions is A C Q, right? It's all A Q on all their business cards. I'm gonna go on a limb and say somebody fucked up. Maybe because what's the point? What's the point? There's really yeah. no. I mean, I'm sure someone could make something up, and it, I would. Be down with it, but I th- I think I think the only point is that it's all it's just another nod to the superficialness of just they're all a VP they're all they all are taking stock in their cards and nobody nobody actually knows anything about how to actually spell acquisitions <laughs> that they don't care no you know. And nobody proofread it. But that's the only thing, and that's why I think you're probably right, because at least they'd have like a secretary that they sent it yes, out. Sure. And it would They're <laughs> not doing they're not taking this to the printer. Yeah, they aren't the ones. Someone's doing it. Doing it they for aren't them. even doing any work through this entire <laughs> no. movie. Like literally when Patrick Bateman, the first time we see him arrive to his office and he's talking to Chloe, uh I don't forget her character name, but Chloe Sevigny, um, he is telling her to do all this shit, telling her to dress differently. Jean. And Jean. She's telling telling her to dress differently and everything like that. And then once the door closes, Jeopardy. <laughs> Feet <laughs> up on the desk. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Are I the, hate uh, it. I, I've, I just got this, re- this mental image of every single one of those, like, VPs in their office on, like, Avery or car- Avery.com or cardstock.com. <laughs> Vistaprint. <laughs> like Vistaprint. <laughs> just be like, do I want bone? Ooh, but that's an extra or glossy Morrow. or matte. What do I want? Bone or morrow? Do I <laughs> do, do I want do, do I want galaxy black? Or void. <laughs> Galaxy black or void. Like picking, <laughs> picking a napkin color at your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just jumped in. It's like that's what they're doing at their big fancy desk. It's fucking cards. I do also want to talk about when they go to dinner and Patrick gives his like almost politician-like speech, yeah. which is pretty apt because all politicians are fucking psychopaths. Whoa. Um, Patrick, Bam. Like, he's literally, you think that this is like maybe a character moment for him, but I kind of reject that, and I think he's just regurgitating like a speech he saw off a of TV that I, literally Ronald Reagan made. Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, Reagan, Ronald, the actor. Yes, Ronald Ra- Ronald Reagan made. Uh, I think he's just regurgitating that, and he's literally telling his quote unquote friends this in order to try and like c- keep this facade that he has going, you know. And he's or- he's uh, he's like putting himself out there. To try and differentiate right. a certain conversation, can we not talk about work? Maybe politics will work. He's just putting it out there, yeah. And he's kind of testing the waters a little bit. But he also, it's almost there's almost like inaugural horns in, on the soundtrack in the background too. 
You know, it's 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 very very satirical, yeah. and I just think that it's furthering his narcissism, where he's just kind of testing things out with, quote unquote, people that he's around. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. It's very frustrating. I hate. I hate yeah. it. Well, and the, even before that, they're walking in. He's wearing his. This is. I heard. I heard. I couldn't find it. I heard something that a teenage. They think that psychologically, like a teenage boy, is one step away from like being a serial killer, like in their internal makeup of how their brain is developing. Sure. Oh. And and he yeah. acts like a teenage boy in this movie. Like he's got yeah. his headphones on. He's like, "Shut up, Ma! Like shut up! I'm trying to listen to my song." Yeah. yeah. And then when he's like, "I was almost in tears because we were gonna get there late, not get a good table, but then we did, and it was." Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is such a teenage boy, like serial killer mentality. And kids act that way. They have yeah. like these wild mood swings. And it was like, damn. Mm -hmm. Whoever said I don't know if that's correct in what I'm saying there of, <laughs> of I heard that. Maybe I didn't hear that. We need a resident psychologist for we this. We do. Yeah, to, it's like it's like a to. it's like a mental stunted growth, you know, of him. And he is, he's he is the kid in the back of the van with his headphones on, looking out the window with angst. <laughs> it's literally what he's doing. Well, these are stunted human beings. Uh, this every every yeah. person in this movie is just stunted, and they they there's they all have this facade. They are not themselves whatsoever, even in talking to each other. Yeah, it's it, it's so frustrating. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, there is one other continuity issue I have. I've seen um, Inside Lydia's Ass before. The, sure. the porn I've yeah, watched yeah. that, and the continuity is <laughs> wrong in the background every time. Like it. You know, mm. it would show them like the one girl would be on top, but then it would switch, and then she's on in bottom, and yeah. And that's not that part. The continuity was wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. it wasn't as if he was watching inside Lydia's ass straight through. So I, I, I had continuity issues. It's with that. you know, it's it's <laughs> like the uh, the time that like in Back to the Future. Like, is it is it actually yeah. eight minutes or whatever the hell know. it is? This movie doesn't. They I mean, didn't think about it. It's I'm, just one editing flaw. I'm here for the story. Okay, I'm here for the story. <laughs> and you just cut out a lot of it. And I need to see inside her Lydia's ass. <laughs> oh, well, great segue. Before we move on to scene two, I've got to share a funny story. I have a great friend. His name is Tommy Mokus. Oh. Tommy Mokus. Uh, he grew up in Iowa. Uh, he grew up here, but he lived in Brooklyn for 20-something years now. He texted me the other day and said he was throwing a party, and he said he he had a bunch of friends over, and he had some Cedar Ridge. He had nice. the Slipknot Cedar Ridge, and he's like, to. this is my home state. I want you to try some of this whiskey. Yeah. And his friend Tyler is like, mm, Cedar Ridge, um, one of my favorite podcasts in the world is sponsored by them. And Don't Tommy's like, dare. come on. He's like, who? He's like, Confused Breakfast. Have you ever heard of him? He's like, dude, Mike's one of my best friends. And so they had a laugh about it. So I think we are doing our job. We are spreading the gospel of Cedar Ridge, and it is going all over the country, whether it's Cedar Ridge's quintessential single malt, their blended rye bourbon collaboration with Slipknot, which is Fuck what yeah, they dude. were drinking, or the flagship bourbon Cedar Ridge Distillery makes the best whiskey in the world. You can most likely get it at your local distributor in Iowa or the Midwest, but if you can't get it where you are, uh, like, my, like my bud Tommy, you can go online and order it straight to your door. Please support this amazing company who directly supports this podcast you won't be disappointed cedarridgewhiskey.com drink responsibly tyler and tommy love you guys thank you so much hope you're uh hope you're doing well hope we can come out and drink some cedar ridge whiskey with you in new york sometime is that the nighthawk person yeah. no not 
They but mutual friends. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna win the night. So send us all your stories and reviews of Cedar Ridge. We will gladly read it on air. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 So scene two, enraged by the superiority of his colleague Paul Allen's card, Bateman kills a homeless man in an alley. At a Christmas party, Paul Allen mistakes Bateman for another co-worker. Bateman goes along with and meets Allen for dinner, manipulates him into getting drunk, and kills him. Bateman goes into Allen's apartment and creates an alibi. After private investigator Donald Kimball interviews Bateman regarding Allen's disappearance, Bateman takes two prostitutes to his apartment where they have sex before he tortures them and sends them on their way. This is still... So jarring to me, this first kill, mm. this homeless man kill. You can, he's, you can just see he's just all bent out of shape from this business card thing and this Paul Allen thing. And then he just goes after that homeless man. And then, like, come, dude, I don't nah. care if you kill someone. It's, it's not right, but go ahead and kill someone. Do not kill an animal, especially a dog, dude. Like, I'm enraged at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. I hate it's, him. It's uh, the third time I was watching this before I got here, and I was watching it with my girlfriend, and we watched it the first time together as well, and once the scene came up, I'm like, yeah, I don't need this. I don't. He kills the guy and the It's dog. fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm you don't, you don't need to know this. I, it's it's super upsetting. The, the <laughs> I, crunch I it. of it. The, uh, yeah. the stomp. It's just, apparently it's even worse than the book. And Get the fuck out of here. I'm not reading it anymore. And I'm not oh I'm not I'm not gonna go into detail about okay, I'll go into detail. <laughs> cool. No, no, no. Um but yeah, this is the point. I think I think the only reason that you do this in a book, in a movie, TV show, in any sort of thing like that, is just to make them just zero redemption. Yeah. yeah. Just to absolutely crush any sort of redemption that could possibly come of this character. From this point on, and they do it early, and it's like, no, now there's no redemption. So there's going to be a long span of you just hating this guy, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, even this might not even be his first kill because before this, he goes, he's uh, like sees walking. that woman on the street, and it's super creepy. Do we assume the immediate cut to a dry cleaner and bloody sheets that that is her? I think that that's her? cinema talking to you and being like, yes, I think he did kill her. Does he call it wine? Yeah, is that what he said? Cranberry, 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 cran, cran, cran apple, cranberry, cran apple. Well, yeah, like, whatever. It doesn't I, matter. I also want to talk about the editing of this movie, which I think is completely underrated. Where it's these scenes, especially like in the nightclub too, uh, where he does do these. Like it seems like they're not real. Yeah. comments to people and he's also like I will fucking kill you and then it cuts right away to like a more of a wide with her with the laundromat girl in it and it's also like what, was that was that a mistake did they mean to put that in the movie it's it really is brilliant the way that they add that add these things into the movie um it's it's just so well done i it's it it calls into question the question the entire time is that is this real? Especially once we get to the end, is like, oh well, all those cuts made sense now. Yeah, but do they now? Right, it's, it's very very cool. It makes you question constantly, and uh, like it makes me wonder every single time of watching through this. I still don't know what's right, what's not, like or what 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 is and what isn't. Mm -hmm. That's the, it. Always it constantly happens to me. And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> well, I'll be honest <laughs> with you like guys. It. One more thing on the card scene too. Apparently, Christian Bale, he was his name was like Robo Actor on set, or that's what Mary Herring called him or something. Because during the card the card exchange scene, he he has complete control over his sweat glands, what? and just would could sweat on cue. I don't like that. That's fucking what? nuts. There's method, and then there's <laughs> madness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's method in 
So, hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> well, no big deal. Look, I just want to say, no. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Because, uh, and the other thing that people thought about him on set and 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 whatnot was how much how much people thought he was just a bad actor. Yeah. Wow. People, people just thought he was a bad actor. Like his co co stars, like the other the other cast and stuff, as they're interacting with him. And he's saying he's he's thinking cool. That's a, that was a good take. That was great. And all the other like other people are like, are we sure? Yeah. And and he's the like, director's yeah. like, yep, we got no, it. No, we're sure. And it's like as he's like sitting there like taking in this card and like they're going through the exchange and then other parts of him acting childish and it's it's all part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everybody on set is thinking, did we get the right guy for this? Yeah. For yep, this role, you, did. you got him for fifty grand. <laughs> this is the guy you fought okay. for, yeah. And he fought for this, yeah. Ugh, okay. Uh, he took a lot of inspiration from Nicolas Cage's role in Vampire's Kiss, which is if you if you've seen like any like Nicolas Cage freakouts on on like YouTube, that's majority of them is just acting like a vampire, and he's like the most Nick Cage that you've ever seen Nick Cage in Vampire's Kiss, and so Christian Bale took inspiration from that role for this and i'm like that's that makes me very happy did you hear what the final piece was he still he took that motivation but he's like i still need something Mm. for this role he was he was watching late show with david letterman in 90 93 and he saw tom cruise as a guest and he said that he saw this very intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes is how he described tom cruise which is spot fucking I, on. Yeah. Tom Cruise is not a human. And so Bale sub- subsequently based the character on that. And interestingly enough, Tom Cruise is featured in the novel. Yes. He lives in the same apartment complex as Bateman who meets him in an elevator and gets the name of Cocktail wrong. See, I told you we were going to talk about bartender. it again. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> that I I love I love that. It's so cool. I love that he got and this is like pre us thinking Tom Cruise is weird, right? Yeah. 93 is like Oh, Tom Cruise. Wow. You know? We haven't seen the Katie Holmes freak out yet. You no. know, like we that's we haven't seen that. No, but, seen but Bateman jump picked on, up on it couch. right away. Yeah. He knew. He goes, Yep, that's my guy. Also, wow. one more thing about the homeless guy, and we can we can go f- away from the kill dog scene. Thank you. Um homeless guy is in Airheads. I forget what his what? actor's name is, but he's uh like the Jamaican guy that works at the radio station in no! Airheads. Yeah. All right, now I got to go back and look that up. We have to do Airheads, by the way. Oh, one hundred. We got to follow up a movie like this with Airheads. (laughs) It's really what we need. We need a chaser for sure. (sighs) So we're into the we're into the Jared Leto kill scene here. Um, I I wonder, like I'm thinking about this. You were talking about this with the political speech and the way he goes into this Huey Lewis and the news thing. It's very hard to determine. Is he just so much of a psycho that when he focuses on something, he just like focuses so deep and he really loves this and he he knows everything there is to know about Huey Lewis or did he just obsessively study like a Rolling Stone magazine article review about this album because this is popular music and so he needs to fit in so he needs to be the smartest person about this so does he actually give a fuck or is he just reciting regurgitating stuff he's heard to the 10th degree to sound like he cares. I think that's it. You think so? Yeah. It, it sounds too well read. Like yeah. it sounds, the way he says it, it sounds like an article that was written. Mm-hmm. 
that he's read and he just, and just it's like a photographic memory of that, that what he took or the liner notes or something like that of like a CD that he bought, you know? Yeah. Cause he talks about CDs and like he's, all that stuff, but I think you're, I think it's that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think in a yeah. world of not getting through to anybody about like any of your passions or anything. And I don't think he's very passionate about anything like we were talking about, but if he could break through this uh, yuppie mentality that everybody has, he could be a good music reviewer. He could start a podcast. <laughs> yes, he could work for Rolling Stone. Exactly. I think, <laughs> like, if he's if he was actually that passionate about it, even if he's not, honestly, you could be a psychopath and and talk good, like he is. Uh, I think he he might have a knack at this, to be honest. And By, at podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> and it's unfortunate that it one wasn't around at the time, yeah. or just broadcasting. Yeah, yeah, he could be on Howard Stern. I yeah, say. he's right in New York. Yeah. He could be he could be a co-host of, of Howard Stern, and then it goes on to him having his own show, and every show ends with him killing his guest. Yeah, cool, so fun. Who would not tune in? <laughs> I <Come> would. <laughs> I would. I said, "Grill." Did you know I'm utterly insane? Best line. I love that line so much. Yeah, I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Like just like casually talking to Paul Allen while he's drunk, but they're not listening to each other. Exactly, they're no, saying they're something listening. and then not hearing what the other person said. Did you re- did you recognize the waiter at Texarkana? They're in the Mexican restaurant. Paul Allen's mad because no one's there. First of all, when I go to a restaurant, I'm happy when no one's there because then I get uh, great service. That means the food is very bad. <laughs> so the the wait <laughs> the waiter's standing there with the sign Texarkana. Did you recognize him? I did not. Oh my god! I'm, I don't think I'm looking at his face in my head right now, and I'm like, yeah. Now that you say it, I don't know. His, though his real life name is Glenn Mark Salat, and he also starred in a movie with our boy um, Jesus, who uh, Willem Dafoe, that we've reviewed on this movie. So shared an intimate scene with Willem Dafoe. Boondock in the Saints. Boondock Saints. The no cuddle. shit. He is the cuddle man in uh, Boondock Saints. Wow. Just thought you guys should know that. That's great. <laughs> That's going to be a TikTok oh, yeah. <laughs> that no one will watch because we're shadow Because we <laughs> suck. And then when they hear our reactions, they're going to be like, they, they rehearsed that. <laughs> um, this, this whole scene with Huey Lewis and him uh, being moonwalking and everything is just the epitome of this movie. Yeah. This is probably the best scene in this movie. Uh, also, uh, Jared Leto wasn't let in on re- rehearsals for this scene. And wasn't informed of like any of the blocking that they were gonna do during this scene, and so once he says, "Hey, Paul," ah! and when they cut to his reaction, his reaction is for real. They, they didn't—he didn't know there was gonna be an axe. He didn't know Christian Bale was gonna do all this. He was just there, kind of acting drunk. No Super kidding. Cool. Dude. I think it's cool. I think it is very cool, actually, because you think about that, and I think it, it makes me wonder what. what? You guys laughing at me now? Come on! Uh, I think it's I think it's cool because did he know about like the newspaper on the ground? Oh well, yeah, he said something about it. He says something about that. Yeah. He's like, why do you have why do you have copies of the? Uh, you got a tiny you know, dog? Or- yeah, you got a dog? <laughs> you like a puppy or something? Your husband? Nope, I don't. The moonwalk though. Apparently, that was just a that was like just the cream of it when he of him taking this role yeah because nobody pictured that he'd be so excited or, or like happily <laughs> dancing around when he does that it's my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> in that in that raincoat thing that he's got on is which was probably phenomenal. custom ordered from Dolce and Gabbana or I something like that, so. is that a raincoat? Nice. yes it is <laughs> yes it is <laughs> 
all while spouting off uh, sports factoids. Factoids. Yeah, that he's rehearsed. It, that's it's incredible. And then you move on to more even like we've seen this now. He's killed the dog, homeless man. He's done this. Now we're just going. Oh shit! He's got these two prostitutes. This is going to be bad. But then this is a moment where yeah, it's not. It doesn't end up great for everybody. But they get let go. Yeah. Yeah. I think. We could argue, and we can. We, I guess we can maybe bring it up now. It's up to you guys if you want to wait till later. But um, what of these are real? Like, what I, I of these know. murders are real? If any, do you want to wait for that? I say we wait till the okay. end to talk yeah. about some of that because there's you can yeah. I mean, there, there's so much to. I mean, like I feel like this prostitute scene is real. Yeah, I think so. I feel like this is very real because I think they, that he actually did like beat them. Yeah, to, yeah, because like, they leave bruised and battered, and and now he's spouting off. And I thought. Like when I first watched this, he's now he starts talking about Phil Collins, which yeah. by the way, no jacket required. One of my favorite <laughs> albums ever. Uh, that's how I learned how to play the drums, you guys. Thanks, just, thanks, it just says a lot about you, man. I <laughs> love that album. You were singing to <laughs> Studio in the opening thing. <laughs> I'm warming up to him ever since Hook. I'm warming up. Ever since. I think I like him better as an actor than I do as a musician. <laughs> I will, I'm going to send you one video of him where he does In the Air Tonight in front of like 80,000 people, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to send All it right. To you. But everyone in the audience goes, uh, 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 No, air, uh, air drumming was not a thing until about 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah remember? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. Right before Guitar Hero. No, but I saw, I'm assuming now he's doing the music thing again. He's spouting off shit he heard in Rolling Stone about Phil Collins that these girls are dead. Yeah. They're not. This is just him just being a fucking un... You can't can't predict what this psychopath's going to be doing. Yeah. Because, in fact, the first sexcapade is, like, normal. Yeah. I mean, other than him flexing and looking at himself in the mirror. But then, and then it, then they wake up and it flips. Now he's like, now I'm, I'm mad. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to torture you guys. Well, I think he's all. Whenever we see him alone, he's usually consuming some sort of media, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or uh, Inside Lydia's, In Lydia's asshole. ass. Yep. Um, what would you rate that, by the way? Uh, out of a hundred, you recommend it? No, nah, the, the story's not very good. No, are you asking no. for? Like, yeah, what's your nostalgic review? <laughs> <laughs> ten? ten out of ten. <laughs> Nostalgically, doesn't doesn't Modern hold day, up. No, just like Russell, it's like oh, <laughs> retains his title. Hey, <laughs> wow! Adesanya goes down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. but it's it's a it's a good juxtaposition of like the theme of this movie to me, which we can get to later. There's so much, but. Him watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre like in the background while he's working out, or watching Inside Lydia's asshole while he's like trying to make reservations yeah. to Dorcia, is his like other his like true self. Is it he can't be alone kind of a thing? Well, is it's it- like what like you know you go to work and like say you know you're a single dude you or single uh, woman you go to work and then you come home alone like say you have a, 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 a just you and your apartment what do you do you watch your show like you're yourself you probably take off all your fucking clothes like I did just go free ball it you know like Not anymore like truly you're you're like you know what I mean though you're yourself and no one's around to see you do these things and like if you keep it that way mm. no matter how perverse or anything that that like watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be or or any porn if you keep it not killing people and hurting people then that's just fine you know yep. and, sure yeah. yeah 
Well, let's move on to seat three. <laughs> so Bateman's colleague, Lewis Carruthers, reveals a new business card. Right. So Bateman tries to strangle him in the restroom. Kimball conducts a second interview with Bateman, calling the in- entire investigation into question. After murdering a model, Bateman invites his secretary, Jean, to dinner. Bateman plans to kill her with a nail gun, but doesn't. Well, did you guys know that Defoe famously in these interrogation scenes did him three ways? I heard Wait, about this. They told him to do it that way, right? That yeah. was a direction? Yeah, it was a direction. They they shot his his lines. I, I, I got to assume that it's all of them in three ways. They, they shot one where he knew it was Bateman who was committing these murders. The, f- the first one, they, he knew Bateman was committing the murders, yeah. Second was he suspected uh, Bateman was co- uh, committing the murders. But wasn't then, sure. But wasn't sure. And then third, it was he doesn't know who committed the murders at all and was just clearly just asking Bateman. So so each like the first time the first one was when when he was in his office. Yeah. Mm. And the second one was the di- the lunch that he, they had. The lunch and then the third one was uh yeah, I, I think he was in his office twice. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. That's amazing cuz yeah, that doesn't make sense. So that calls into question is this even happening? Right. Like like oh, to is, where like Bateman, is Kimball real? Is Kimball even real, or okay. is Kimball just yeah? I don't know because why would they be like? Why would that be a thing? I think it's brilliant because it adds to for filmmaking wise, it adds to the characters un unsure of even himself. You know, that's how he's because interpreting like it. He, he'll say something and like, like pretend to be on the phone and shit like an like an asshole, and he'll say something and then uh, he'll. Defoe's character will have a react. Kimball will have a reaction, and then it kind of hinders his next line pretty much. But it also hinders the way he reacts to that line. And okay. as an audience okay. member, you're like you're left unhinged, and you're also left with the the air of this unreliable narrator because Bateman is the character that we're watching the entire time. You're he's unsure of what Kimball has has to offer, and we are also unsure of what he has to offer. It's like it and keeps, be, sorry, one go ahead, thing, yeah. because of the editing of like the him saying shitty things to random people, like the laundromat people, because of that, we are also wondering what Bateman is thinking as well. Yeah. We are never sure. We don't even know. With that, it makes me think now, actually, that especially if it was uh if it's I know you did it, I think you did it. I don't know who I did have it. no clue. Yeah. It's Can you the, help me? It's the progression of the guilt complex. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. That Bateman is like, I just recently did this and I'm not going to get away with it. Right. Right. I and, might get away uh, with and, it. And then you think it and then it's like, well, maybe I am gonna get away with it. Maybe I can get away with this if I if I put on this facade again. And then that's but the final man. meeting with him. He's already He's or like, he's already forgot about it. And he's already <laughs> like, forgotten about it. He's already moved on and he's already he's like I've yeah, gotten away with it, it for this long. Yeah. You know, again, I think it goes back to like being like like a little kid or something yeah. like that. And and you think about like, no, no, I feel like I feel bad, but then it's like, well, if I get away with it, then I got away with it or something mm-hmm. like that. And 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 at that point, Bateman thinks he's getting away with it until obviously later on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and then it's the question of does he say I'm in murders and executions to the model? Like, right. does he actually say that to where she just did? She just has heard so many people say mergers and acquisitions that she just her brain filled it in, or did he sound. just not say that and he wanted to say it? 
And he actually said mergers and acquisitions. I love how they added this in here, though. I don't know why. This this adds to the, like, everyone sucks in this movie. Like, other than what? Maybe Jean, I guess. Yeah. Like, Jean's, Jean's sweet and doesn't. She's Jean's the type that just moved here from Iowa yes, or something exactly. like that. But, yes. but even this model, I love this is this is the the stupid clearly a stupid person who's like I'm not stupid you 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 think I'm stupid but I'm not stupid mm-hmm. but I am stupid because I think there's something sweet about you she she's like the model she's like the well you're a Capricorn so I know that you're a good yeah. person where do you summer you're a good person Ooh. <laughs> you're a good person that's Ooh. also uh, Guinevere. your moon's rising right now yeah yeah that's yeah. also Guinevere Turner the co-writer the oh co-writer. nice yeah yeah, I yeah. like that. No, yeah, your your Mercury Cougar is is in Retromance. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> this scene. So this is the scene with chainsaw. And yeah, shit. yeah. Well, no, no. This is uh, Gene. So this is where we, we he tried to murder Gene at this point. Oh, with the nail gun. Oh, the nail yes, gun. We we haven't got to the chainsaw yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, by the way, one hell of a nail gun doesn't have a cable or anything. No, I know uh, that thing's got to be powerful. All, all gas powered. It's like electric. <laughs> gas electric. Powered. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. Battery. Yeah, it's battery. Solar. I don't, know, I don't know like what brand he would be using like with axes. Is it isn't Milwaukee? It's because mm. those would be like reddish. Might have been like a Makita. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. 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 You want to see my new tools? Are you going to build something with those? Or <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so why why do you think he lets Jean go here though? Is it because she is maybe the actually only decent kind of human in this, like at least remotely decent human, or was it the phone call from his fiance, like bringing him out of the moment? It's like somehow he recognizes that there's actually more than surface bullshit to her, or something. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? She's paying attention. She's actually watching, whereas everybody else in this movie is not. Ah. Uh, everyone else, like you already said it, it's like yeah. everyone else in this movie Hasn't is just oblivious. Nobody pays attention. Dialogue may, may as well not even exist. But for her, she's the only person who's listening and is showing interest in Patrick Bateman. Yeah. I think, because we'll, as we'll talk about later, if some of these scenes are actually happened or are real or anything like that. I think that this is absolutely real and could be him maybe, maybe pre killing anybody yet, you know, Ooh, and I like think he uh, wanted to, he yeah. hasn't actually done it and he wanted to, like he's also like a lot of serial killers like build up slowly, you know, ah. and they, they kind of ramp up. Um, and also they, they like, they love to cooperate with cops. So it's kind of telling Ooh, with uh, him and uh, Kimball. Are you, are you saying that maybe this is, like some like these things are out of sequence. Maybe is that what you're saying? Maybe because or, we or don't. everything else he dreamed up at this point. Yeah. So I think that this did actually definitely happen, and I think somehow, some way, it doesn't really make sense to me because he, because he is a psychopath that he has remorse for her or has sympathy for Jean. Yeah. But also in a practical sense, she is his secretary, <laughs> so someone's definitely gonna notice. You know. Well. And then, like, who's gonna help get dinner reservations and shit like that? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, it's, gonna, it's only gonna make his Tell life harder. No, <laughs> you're already dealing with all these kills that you've already done, and the guilt and so on and so forth that just come along with it. But, uh, but you're gonna take out the one part that makes your day kind of easy. Nah, come on, man. You're not going to. <laughs> you ain't going. You to. ain't going to do that. I do. I do like the line, and doesn't it does like even he's he's killed people. We've seen him do that, and we killed a fucking dog, and that's ir- irreprehensible. But Yes, he is. does say to her, "Is that I guess I'm just looking for a meaningful relationship with someone I really care about." You know, it's like, yeah, everyone. 
Everyone is. And that's yeah. the most relatable thing that you've ever <laughs> but, said. But it's the weirdest, most foreign thing he's ever because said. Because he's pointing a nail gun <laughs> to the back of her head while he says it. <laughs> it's like... I heard someone say that on a movie once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants that. But we don't go to killing people if we don't think that they're the person. Yes. <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> Turns out they can go on with their lives, and so can we. Huh. Huh, weird. <laughs> well, so scene four, after a third meeting with Kimball, Bateman brings Christy and a friend to Alan's apartment where he kills Elizabeth, his friend. Christy runs, discovering multiple female corpses as she searches for an exit. Bateman chases her and drops a chainsaw on her as she flees down a staircase. Afterwards, Bateman breaks off his engagement with Evelyn. I want to talk about just Christian Bale for a second in this because as many people have pointed out, a lot of his inner circle warned him that this movie would be career suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get it. I think I think ultimately maybe that's why Leo DiCaprio didn't take this role or something like that. Because okay. this, this book is crazy subject matter. And not many people... Nowadays, this would be like... Everybody would jump at this role, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this is just serial killers, cool, awesome. This is great. We we don't care. This this is the hot thing. But um, right. it, it, the the fact that people were telling with him that it made him more eager to even take the part, which says something about Bale. So I went back and I looked before Bale did this role. He he had he was um, seventeen roles over fourteen years in movies, and I wow. have not seen in my, I have not heard or seen of any of them. Other than Empire of the Sun, which I've not seen, that's the only movie I recognize that he was in over 14 years, 17 roles. Following this, the following 14 years, Dark Knight Trilogy, The Prestige, 310 to Yuma, The Fighter, American Hustle, Terminator Salvation, and more. Wide critical acclaim, several movie nominations, and Oscar win. What what a move. What a power trip to be like, nope, I know exactly what I'm doing. Dude either is just brilliant or just has an amazing foresight or both okay so if leo dicaprio was who they pinned for this right think about what he did before this titanic this is right off of titanic because uh, that was 97 or 98 97 yep something like that. um and so he, maybe 99 but wait. yeah and so you're like okay uh that came out and you have leo dicaprio on that and i i, th- and I know he had done some other things too he's massive though yeah, he's Leo throughout is, massive. Leo is just beyond. Like after Titanic, I mean, come on. And you think about Bale, and if he hasn't had that breakout, but he's a nobody. Yeah. So it's just like the risk to reward true. is great for Bale. Whereas true. DiCaprio, and he's the only, you know, comparison I'm making, but of he's already big, where it could cause him to go from here to just tank, yeah. tank something because he he he'll he'll uh stain his his uh you know reputation he was a he was a you know like a teen poster boy yeah and yeah. that i mean if and he's has like his fan base is these ladies because of titanic you know if he does this role it could tank his career but correct if, but what people were saying to bale is like if you take this role it could make your career just not non-existent you know he's like what do i have to lose exactly at this point. exactly and i that's the testament in my opinion i think this is his best role Today, oh wow, still. really? Yeah. Do you wow. find it weird that his last name is Bateman in this, and then he went on to be Batman, and that I feel, I feel that Bruce Wayne and Patrick Bateman are sure very similar characters, just 
like Bruce Wayne was able to just go a little bit into the <laughs> the other direction. He found his, his power thing. for good. He yes. found his thing. Yes, <laughs> Bateman hasn't found his power. His thing yet. He hasn't found his thing. Like we're, he, we're talking, we're talking about like an alternate like universe, like this this multiverse for DC. Instead. Okay, where it's not Bruce Wayne, it's where Patrick Bateman. It's Patrick Bateman, <laughs> and it's just like, I am Bateman. I, <laughs> Bateman. I am the Bateman. I am the Bateman. I am the Bateman. <laughs> Master Bateman. <laughs> Alfred <laughs> calls him what? Bateman. Alfred calls Master Bateman. Master Bateman. Master Bateman. Uh, <laughs> what do you call you? It's my name. I'm no. I'm no it's no. an alternate universe. Master Bateman does not know what you think of this. <laughs> Master, Master Bateman. Master Bateman. Yes. <laughs> well, we're killing it. I, you know what? Literally. I, I want that. I want that. I also just want Batman to show up when he's like in an alley. <laughs> About to kill a bum, dude. That would be and, or, awesome. Or, or like with the hooker or something like that. And Batman shows up, and Bateman's just like, "Oh, I was." Uh, sh- she stole the videotapes. So I was trying to return. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got reservations at Georgia. It's two in the morning. No, it's open now. Uh. <laughs> Those late fees right now, dude, yeah. they're crazy. You know this, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm Bateman. I'm Bateman. I'm the Batman. I'm Bateman. I'm Patrick Bateman. <laughs> I'm Bateman. I- I'm sorry. I'm Bateman. Where's Paul Allen? <laughs> Where are the videotapes Where going? are the other videotapes? Where are the videotapes? Where are the videotapes going? Which family video? <laughs> I, say, I say this every episode, and this is why you guys are here, is because a lot of podcasts have dissected American Psycho, and none of them have done what we just did here. So thank you for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. Where are the videotapes? Where's Paul Allen? <laughs> Where's Paul Allen? So we get the chainsaw scene. Where's Georgia? Where's my reservation? Yeah, Sean, let's move, let's move on to Sean's Halloween Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Uh, so this is Guinevere, right? Uh, I don't know. Guinevere Turner, this, uh, his friend. Uh, oh, that the the friend that shows up that, yeah. that's on the couch that's, that, that's that gets killed. Oh, okay, gotcha. This scene is like also calls into question, like, did any of this happen? He's literally running around naked. With a chainsaw through his she apartment complex on. with shoes on and kills a woman with a chainsaw, uh, unbelievably, because the, they don't have like a they have a kill switch. Like as soon as you take the your thing off, true, it, true, you know, very true. So this um, is not happening. I don't think so. But calls into question: Is it happening? But also on set, he uh, was like like pumping himself up like Jack. Uh, Nicholson would before like chopping down the door in The Shining like he would pump himself he's like, he, like had the chainsaw and like literally just had a sock on his dick and balls and shoes and shoes and was just like kind of dancing around like that and don't uh, forget the Nikes bro. I just love that image <laughs> so much. do you yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Let's be honest, who doesn't? I mean, if even even the small bits we got of him just working out, you're just like, yeah. I get it, I, man. I wish. Like, um, like my girlfriend was watching with me, and she's like, "Wow." I'm like, "I know." I know, I know babe. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to deny. What? Yep. Uh, th- th- I, we watched so many Halloween movies recently that this this whole thing, this whole moment, just feels like a horror. Movie. It feels like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which he'd been oh, watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's I I I will go on record as saying this that um, if someone if I lived in an apartment complex and someone was banging on my door that way. I'm not answering the door, but I would <laughs> I, like, even if I heard someone with a chainsaw, I would not open that door. 
But yeah. if there was like a hunter about ready to shoot like a, a squirrel, I'd dive in front of that and try to stop the bullet. <laughs> in front of the squirrel. In front of the squirrel. But I'm not I don't care about human beings and shit like that. Especially yeah. when they're screaming that way. Yeah. I get that. You do have to think about it from the perspective of the person inside that apartment. If there is anybody inside that apartment. Because they're probably summering Ooh, you're somewhere. Right. Yes, you're right. Um, you're thinking about being inside that apartment. And if this was your apartment, guys, if somebody ran down this hallway and <laughs> started just slamming on our door to our studio and was like, let me in. But faintly you heard. <laughs> getting louder. You, we'd probably be like, just, just don't go away. I would go <laughs> out go, there and be like, hey, shut, man. Shut up. Shut off the light. We're not in here. We're not in here. I know these movies. I know the movies you've been watching, uh, Psycho Chainsaw Man, that you've, that you, why you're chasing this girl. We, I can reason with them. Uh, I, I, I can sit down and be like, you need to find a thing. You need to, eat, you need to chainsaw some wood. You need to do some art with that. See you this, know, channel that into good. You know? See this leather face you've got on? You got to drop the mask, bro. <laughs> Take you off got, the mask. <laughs> you gotta, here's my routine. Here's, yeah. <laughs> Let me show you my routine. <laughs> you need Cisco. Here's... <laughs> you need you need a water activated scrub, <laughs> a honey a honeyberry hint texture to it, charcoal mask. <laughs> well, boys, let's go to the final scene here. Let's so, a police chase ensues, but Bateman kills the officers and blows up a police car. Bateman kills two more people before hiding in his office. He calls his lawyer Harold Carnes and frantically leaves a confession. The following morning, Bateman visits Allen's apartment to clean up the remains, but finds it vacant and for sale. While Bateman goes to meet with his colleagues for lunch, he sees Carnes and mentions the phone message. Carnes mistakes Bateman for another colleague and laughs off the confession as a joke. A confused Bateman returns to his friends, unsure if his crimes were real or imaginary. We didn't talk about Reese Witherspoon in this. I know it's kind of a ancillary character, but she's a, a Oscar winner. Yeah. Uh, and uh, actually would present um, Christian Bale with his Oscar when he won it for the fighter. Oh, cool. Ironically. Oh. Um but uh, I like the scene that she's in. Uh, we didn't talk about the Christmas scene either. But um, it's a Christmas movie. Whatever. Uh, there's there's a whole debate on that, isn't there? People are weird. Yeah, if Die out. Hard's a Christmas movie, so is this. Sure. So, there's a whole debate on sure. that. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with her spoon, without uh, her spoon. <laughs> Should I be here? I don't know. You guys need me for this conversation? No, no, no. Uh, I, I think I'm going to leave with you, dude. We're just going to let AJ talk. Uh, this has been a fun time, guys. Welcome to Confused Progress right now. Ever since you started golfing and putting face masks on, man. I, don't, I know. I don't know. <laughs> you need to lay off the lay off the, the anti-aging serum. You really do, bro. Um. Anyway, I like I like her. Uh, it just adds to like the what we're supposed to be doing like you, you we have the same friends it's not going to work out if we split up yeah you know it's such it's such bullshit but also you can kind of see that and i guess if you were in a divorce like yeah we do have the same friends who what's going to happen here who's going to split about up the our super friends? bowl party yeah exactly i want to go well um, i wanted to go to the super bowl party <laughs> i really wanted to because i i know sean's gonna be making wings it's my favorite team too <laughs> and They're if i good this year i swear to god if i if i don't get some of nick's pop poppers uh, <laughs> the chips and queso dip is just oh my god <laughs> but like his coldness too, I love, and it, it, it does it does call into account where like this. I think this is a comedy. Like, I think this is everything. Yeah, this is a horror, thriller, satire, comedy. I think this is everything. Where he's like, I just don't, I just don't like you anymore. Pretty much to her, you know. Yeah, like that whole thing is the complete opposite of where I think uh, the opposites 
of where most people will fall in the middle where they're trying to reason almost with themselves. Sure. Whereas, like you say, Reese Witherspoon is like, uh, well, like, it's not even an option in her head to break up at one point. And they know that each other are cheating on each other. We're not going to break up. Come on. We're not going to do that because we have the same friends and we have, you know, we're in the same circles and we're doing the same things and we're doing this and we're doing that. And it's just like, we've been together for this long, blah, blah, blah. And then, but then you have Patrick Bateman who is, this is not going to continue. No, uh, absolutely not. And most people fall right in the middle of that. And you're right. It is. It's like very cold and everything. And, but they're just, it's like. You you can see the whole time, and then is this a moment where you're actually going to like root for Patrick Bateman? It's like it's it's odd because this is where like the the facade of this entire life and lifestyle is breaking down. Okay, and it's interesting that he's uh, breaking into that because like all I want to do is just fit in. You know that's what he says, uh, and now he's not fitting in. You know it's it's kind of a breaking point at this point, and so we get our uh, ending here. This has got to be one of the first modern day serial killer like fascinations because they had even said that um, like in test audiences, people said they felt sorry for Bateman during this confession scene, mm-hmm. um, acknowledging that the character was deteriorating. The scene was showing unfortunate results. He needed to get help. It's like there's an utter fascination with these people that do these things and yeah. serial killers. And it's like, you can almost see it and you're kind of fascinated with this dude, even though he's the biggest piece of shit we've talked about yeah. so far in any movie. Yeah. I mean, we just got the Dahmer thing. That's the same, it's say. the same fucking thing, man. Like, you know, uh, weirdly fucking, uh, housewives are swoon over, Woo! over this psychopath. But that's been happening forever. People write like love letters to, yeah, to since the seventies. Yeah. That's since nuts. serial killers were a thing. And I think actually during this time, uh, uh, some, Richard Bruder or something like that had just been caught in Toronto. And so like during the film, like during when they were filming these scenes. He was sort of the face for it. Yeah. And people were protesting like the whole time. But anyway, Uh, um, it's kind of like that. It's the whole Dahmer effect. And it is fascinating. It is fascinating but because you have empathy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like these people don't. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You know, and uh, having to compare that to, to go like to see the darkness is, is interesting to us. Yeah. And I think this movie taps into that. Uh, tenfold, especially and, after we just just saw. Sorry, go ahead. Like, uh, well, and, and it just adds to like society. It, it's commenting on society too. We're like, that's psychotic too. Yeah, and to make fun of that is we need that. We need that catharsis, especially after we just watched this comical shootout. Uh, yeah. Like, is he in the same building? Like, you know, he, he goes yeah, in the it building. Look like it, right? it's the, but it is. It's the same building. Right. But things are different. And he does the revolving door. It's hilarious. He like revolves around and shoots the guy and he blows up a cop car. And then it's like, it's funny. Yeah. And then it's now it's like, whoa. It's like, oh shit. This guy's just like, and he doesn't even know. He he can remember all these things, like Huey Lewis in the news and everything about this and all this stuff, but then he can't remember like a body count. Yeah, uh, and all these weird things. He, he like you know he's blowing up this cop car with a handgun. Yeah, he yeah. shoots. He's like, what the fuck? He, right. Even he's yeah, shocked about yes. it. Yes, the the ATM says feed me your feed me a cat. Yeah, and he's like, well, I guess I got to feed it a cat. Like, yeah. why would it ever say that? It's it would not, never say that. These are not saying these things. Um, then you've got he goes into the um to the apartment to Paul Allen's apartment. And this, this is where I think this is the the most important scene of the movie to where you can decide to take it 
do you think this is all made up or do you think this is all real? This is your scene right. on how you want to take it. There's still no right answer, but he's in this apartment and the realtor's basically like, get out of here. You're a crazy person. Yeah. So if you want to say none of this ever happened, then yeah, he never even lived here. You were never even in this apartment. Right. This is just for sale. Like You just broke in here and thought there was stuff in here. You didn't actually kill anyone here. Or he did actually kill all those people. And this is such a yuppie scum time in America that this property is so valuable that the owner was like, you know what? We're just going to clean this up. Yep. We're just going to clean this whole place up and we're going to put it on the market. Yep. That's why she acts so weird to him right there. I mean, what do you think happened? Do you think it really, you think the realtor's just being weird or they like clean the place up in and this like, specific we know, scene? We or? know who you are. Yeah. This scene, we know who you are. Get out of here because you're the one that killed all the people in this place, but we don't want anyone to know about it. I don't think Paul Allen's dead. Okay. I think he's he definitely went away, and Patrick Bateman used that to like kind of fulfill uh, his fantasies. But I do think Patrick Bateman did kill people. Okay, it's just certain certain instances did happen, and certain instances didn't happen. Um, I think it's just his psychotic his psychosis is what we're seeing. Like homeless guy, I think he killed. Uh, some some of the uh, sex workers, I think he killed. Um, I, I, I do think that that did happen, but it is also calling into question, especially once he's talking to his lawyer, and he did, his lawyer doesn't even notice. No, I he think doesn't even know who he this is. This is like a different plane of existence this movie is living on, and I think it's commenting on how how like f- facaded, uh, facaded, yeah, I uh, like it, facated, fascade. Uh, we are from like. Facades. like being ourselves while in like corporate life, yeah. you know. Um, no one knows each other's names. No. No ever. No one can remember each other's names. And I think even in this instance, they they can't even believe that Patrick Bateman would kill someone. They don't even want they don't even want to talk about it. You know, they don't want to know about it because they want to just keep getting all the uh, accounts that they can and they want to go to Dorcia and then they want to go to the nightclub after and they just want to do those things and that's it. They don't want to know that someone's been killing people. You know, and, and they just they keep this facade up and they just they just don't want to believe Patrick Bateman. I love it. It's exactly, it's exactly how I feel about it. Nobody wants to let go of what at least they have, even though nobody actually gives a damn. They don't want to let go because of the comfort of what they've got. Even the lawyer, even those. And so I, so I will say my opinion. I'll try to make it nice and short. I don't think he's actually killed anybody. No, okay. I've had to fight back and forth with this for a long time. Nobody's, they aren't going to, there's the, the conspiracy that would run this deep of him killing people. Because I feel like if you have one, if you have one killed, then you have to have all the others. And if you if you say that they mm-hmm. did, he didn't kill anybody or, or one this one person, then he didn't kill anybody. And so I think it's very much of what you're talking about. I I believe that he's going in there. He's probably shown up at all these places and been there, and he's made scenes before, but he's never actually killed anybody, mm. which is why the realtor might know him, which is why Paul Allen either may not even actually exist. The first time you think of when they see, oh, that's Paul Allen, you don't, I don't know if you even really see much of his face yeah. that that's Paul Allen. You know, he you may see him in the boardroom eventually, but who, rec- you know, Maybe Paul they Allen. all got his name wrong, well, exactly. too. He never says, all, my name's Paul Allen. Maybe they got his name wrong. Exactly. We only see business cards. Most of these people are only introduced by business cards, and that's it. And it's, again, it's just another layer of, like, I have this business card in my pocket. Why the fuck do I care? What if they're under workers of their bosses who are their names? Exactly. What if he's not even Patrick Bateman? Sure. You never know. And his 
his boss is Patrick Bateman, which is why he went out and got the business cards. Yes. And now he has a business card. He's mm. like, my name is Patrick Bateman. He's, he is, like, uh, one point Reese Witherspoon says, your dad owns the company. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, I think there's too much going on. There's too many. There's too many loose ends to be like he has in fact killed somebody, and that these bodies that were hanging there have been taken from this apartment. Paul Allen's apartment that he was going into, he was going into that apartment for sure. Yeah. But he was not supposed to be there. He was. We know who you are. You're the one who keeps coming in here. That's kind of thing. Um, with the realtor. Yep. And the last thing I think is is still the address of the conversation with the lawyer. And the lawyer is very disturbed. It's n- I, n- I never got the point of I'm trying to communicate with you with my eyes. This is not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. I didn't that's hear not, that. That's not what I got. I got like this is really weird now because now 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 we're treading weird water here as a lawyer. And I don't have time for this. And I don't have time <laughs> for this. So um, I'm going to go do another social thing yeah. somewhere else in this room. And he goes back to his room. So that's that's the other thing. Well, I, I, I do. I, I definitely can see that way. And I think I don't think any any uh, vision on this is wrong either. Uh, I like especially when he's talking to his lawyer, I feel like. Like I said, the lawyer is just wants to like keep all this undercover. Like he just wants to have his interactions. He wants to he wants to be his his human self, his fate, his facade that he's created. He doesn't want to disrupt his squash game he's got coming up in like three hours. Yeah. (laughs) If it's not what I said previously, that he nobody got killed and it was all in his head for the most like just about everything except for that he did go places. If Patrick Bateman is a killer, then he is not the only killer. And that is what I'll leave it at. He's, like he's not the only killer in that room. So and they're all like, of course you did. Anyway, yeah. gotta go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. They're like all it. killers. Well, is that about it, boys? Do it. I think go. I think we've done it. I think we've stripped away the nostalgia. We've talked about this with a modern critical eye. We got to give it some ratings. Sean, I'm gonna start with you, man. What do you think your modern day rating is of this? I'll just read this. This movie is just about people in the mundanity of life and the way it's set up for us to just work and go home and work and go home and then work some more. With all of that, your true self can never come out, especially because the way society you should act. You comply and act that way so we can all not have any speed bumps in life and just get away with any interaction to go back to work and then go home. You have to find a thing. You have to find a thing that fulfills you, whether that be family, sports, working out, doing a dumb podcast, filmmaking, or you're, hey. or you're, <laughs> or you're really into renaissance or anything as simple as uh, model building. You have to find a thing, and with that thing, you will find a community of like-minded individuals who are bursting to get out of their mundane shell that society has more or less forced them into. You also have to be careful with this mindset, though. You can't let that mundanity turn into hate. You can't let frustration of not fitting in or being able to per- to be yourself turn into malice. You will find community, you will find friends, and you will find place and time where you can be yourself and let that break through in the mundanity of everyday life. I think it's like a lot of a lot of this, like especially we brought up during uh, reviews, was that's literally me, you know. And also somebody brought up incels, and I think that's pretty apt i think you can definitely i i could not help but think about like uh, uh, some of these uh especially men 
uh, doing these kind of acts, you know, and, and thinking this way. I think there's a fucking way out of that, though. I think you can, you just got to find a thing, like I kept, like I said. <laughs> you got to find a thing. You got to find a community, and they are out there, no matter what you're into. If it's fucking anime, there's a huge fucking subset of anime. Just go find that thing and devote yourself to it yeah. and, and relate to people, talk to people. Um, I think this movie's uh, expertly made. I think the editing is is extremely underrated, and I, I really love that about it. Uh, I think it's a cool uh, adaptation, uh, especially from the woman's perspective of looking into this kind of masculinity, toxic masculinity, really. Of because like a lot of his friends even talk real shitty about fucking women, yeah, like real harsh. Um, and I guess that's amped up in the novel, but uh, I think it's Christian Bale's best performance uh, of all all time, and. Um, However, I thought highly of it when I first saw it. I do think it's 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 a little maybe a little bit too long and just a kind of an okay movie for me. Uh I'm going to go 7 7.56. He did it. <laughs> AJ, what you got, man? This is why I love doing the podcast with you guys is because um we get to break these down. I you know, I watched the movie by myself, uh do it a couple different times and get to hear more more perspective on it. And on a movie like this that I've not seen a ton in my past, um, I uh, I enjoyed watching it. And I think about I, I'm doing the the mic comparison. I'm doing the the free free flowing of like well things I've rated in the past. Um, I think there's a really great social commentary around this movie. I think, uh, uh, but they killed a dog, and uh, <laughs> so. That being said, though I, I do, I, I really like the social commentary commentary of this of this uh, the whole theme of the movie, um, and just how people get into inside their own heads, um, and uh, I think Christian Bale does a phenomenal job, and it's no wonder why this catapulted his career into what he became for us, you know. Um, so that being said. Uh, for some reason, I just had to, I had to look back a little bit and see what I have rated this up to this point, uh, over at the, at the website. So I said, you know what, this is going to be, this is going to be a 7.1. 7.1. Um, interestingly enough, I'm, I'm higher than you guys. I'm an 8.25 for this movie. And I think you guys nailed it. It is, it's a fantastic ride of all different emotions and different genres and great performances um great soundtrack i love when you can when there's not a definitive answer to a movie i love that. yes because i i don't I hate it i, I love it because i want to be able to go back it's why fight club gripped me so hard the shining and the shining and everything where it's like oh <gasps> Did you? Oh my God! Am I the only one that ever noticed that that connection's there? And whether it was intentional or not, I love that. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it pretty high on my list at an eight point two five. Our boy Josh Miller, executive producer, said after rewatching this for the first time in years, maybe it's because I'm older, maybe I'm more mature. Unlikely. This movie has only improved for me. I like it more now than I remember liking it back then. I love the look of the movie. I love the tone of the movie, the way things are shot. I feel this feels more indicative of Wall Street scene in the 80s than the movie Wall Street itself or The Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Yeah. I feel like Bale, who consistently gives very underrated performances, this might actually be his best. Mm. He was able to thread this needle of approachable yet standoffish yet terrifying. This is one of his best, and I can't think of a bad one from him overall. Typically, I'm not a fan of over-narration, but I like Bale's narration of the whole thing. Even to this day, I still can't fully believe if it's not all 
on his head or most of it. While this is a popular discussion, no one definitely has the answer. I'm not even sure the author of the source material even knows. Sure. Even if he did do it all, you are left with tons of questions of why he was never caught in the act and the fact that he killed, he claimed, like 20 to 40 people. I could go on and on, but I have explicit trust in you guys to hit the marks. <laughs> hope, we did, hope we did it for you. <laughs> uh, the whole uh, master bait man thing. We'll see if we got there. We'll see if you like that. But I'll leave you with a punchable face. Lewis Carruthers, punchable face for him. He, he was in our whole group of people. Okay. Prop, everyone will say that the chainsaw, but I want the skincare routine equipment. Ah, <laughs> My modern day score is a very respectable 8.5. Nice. So that takes very us good. to a 7.85 overall. If you're going to get a modern day rating, that's number 28 on our list. That feels okay. good. That is right above Monster Squad and right below Princess Bride. Yeah, that's I, fair. That feels good to me. That's I feel fine. good about that. Yeah. I feel very, very good about that. Um, I gotta say, you guys, um, I've been we've been getting a lot of messages through Instagram and uh, Facebook and everything like that. I I just want to thank you so much. Yeah. For like sending messages, like uh, giving a, a movie recommendation that we should do, or even just kind of telling us about your life and what the show means to you. It um, has really, really made my life joyful uh as much as it is already it's made it so much more and to know that uh, this show affects you in a way that um that you feel as if you need to tell us how much you you like it and how much it means to you um it means the world to me it means the world to us uh and keep sending those messages and it, it means it just means so much thank you so much for uh letting us in in your lives a little bit and relating through movies like we like this show needs to do and so yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, and thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you being here. A bunch of great movies coming up next Wednesday. A movie chosen directly by our Patreon members for Thanksgiving, Grumpy Old Men. All right. Oh. Going to be a great, it's one of many Thanksgiving movies we're going to start getting to, followed by a top secret bonus episode, and then Blues Brothers. It. Very important movie so in my history of my life. We will be doing that. And if you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year, Goldeneye. Very similar movie to American Psycho, if you think <laughs> oh, about <yeah>. it. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> I don't know why he's killing people. Weird. Who, who said it was okay? <laughs> that, that is a very fun one. It was one of my lowest rated yeah, movies I had. Yeah, same. Uh, and don't forget that we have a voicemail call, 319-804-9596. Here's today's voicemail. Hey, guys. My name is Greg Nashville from Texas. I'm a relatively new listener to y'all's podcast. I think it's amazing. Y'all do a great job on all this stuff. Pretty damn funny, too. Next thing I got to try out after trying out y'all's podcast is the bourbon. So oh, yeah. I'm listening to the brand new hook one that y'all just put out this week. And I thought I needed to call y'all. And y'all need to start diving into the conspiracy theories behind Peter Pan. Peter Pan wasn't the good guy. Captain Hook is actually the good guy. Oh. Humanize the goons. Dive on into it and see what you find out. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Humanize the goons. I love it. Cool, yes, sir. Thanks, man. Yeah, we. I, I felt that we could have gone even further into that realm of hook. Sure. Of like, yeah. like fuck Peter. I think we did a pretty good job. Of like, dude, fuck Peter Pan, man. Yeah, he's kind of ruining. Tinker Bell's manipulative. <laughs> yeah, super weird. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks everybody. Yeah. AJ, let's take us out of this whole thing, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure you, while you are listening that you you've got only like two minutes left. You have to go and hit five stars on whatever Whoa. you're listening on and try to write a review inside that two minutes. Now it's like one minute and forty five seconds. Go ahead and do that, and by all means, search for us on social media. If for some reason you haven't already, at Confused Breakfast, just about anywhere on social media. 
Thank you, guys. You can also go to ConfusedBreakfast.com and search our merch store. You can get some mugs. You can get some shirts. You can get some uh, shirts with our sayings on it, just our shirts with or just our logo on it. Put us on your body. That is amazing. I just want to say a shout-out to uh, Aaron Baker, yeah, who uh, made this 3D, so 3D-printed the Thunder Road for us for so our, uh, our, our set here and uh, even gave uh, AJ here a copy of the Blu-ray. Super I cool of you, man. Love Thank it. You. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. That is a way you can support us, sending us fun stuff, sharing us around. You can also go to patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast to uh, support this pretty much directly. You get bonus audio content. You get to vote on upcoming movies. It is the way to go. Check everything out you need, confusedbreakfast.com. This show is produced by LAS Media Group, our friends here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Logan, thanks for manning the controls today. Check out more about them, lasmediagroup.com. That's it. We're out of here. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't kill anybody. Yeah, don't do that. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.